0: Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year. Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period. Hundreds of coding scenarios and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information. And use our promo code GEEK. 10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code G E E K 10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast, go to TheHaugenGroup.com slash shop and use promo code Geek15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to TheHaugenGroup, H-A-U-G-E-N, group.com shop and use our promo code Geek, geek one at checkout.
1: You are listening. You're listening to. Do not, to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. Elsewhere, elsewhere
0: classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the not also classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners listen to the not also classified podcast on Apple podcasts. So please get your iPhone, go to the Apple podcast app and leave us a rating and a review. Please check out Medical Coding Geek and Not Also Classified on Facebook and on Instagram. Also check out one of our many Facebook groups, including Medical Coding Geeks, the RHIT and RHIA Exam Support Group, the CDI Network. We have a Facebook group for our Not Also Classified podcast community. And we also have a Medical Coding, HIM, and CDI marketplace. And of course, you can find me, Brian Cui, last name is spelled C-U-I, on LinkedIn. Today on the podcast, I have Jordan Johnson. In part one of this two-part episode, we talk about a wide variety of topics, specifically revolving around data. We talk about how he got started in radiology, moved into radio oncology, got into healthcare management, then moved into consulting. And in that process, he learned how to appreciate data. I also go into a little bit of history of myself and how I got started in radiology and learn how to appreciate technologies such as PAX, the electronic health record, and more. We end off this conversation talking about artificial intelligence in software and how it's not really the magic pill, or as I call it, the unicorn. So without further ado, here is part one of my interview with Jordan Johnson. Enjoy. i like it all right so let's go ahead and get started uh welcome to the not also classified podcast today on the podcast i have invited or maybe you've invited i don't know which way it goes uh today in the podcast i have jordan johnson he is currently the director of data science at legion healthcare partners how are you doing jordan I'm doing absolutely great. Absolutely great. Happy to be here. All right. Uh, So we connected, of course, through LinkedIn and, uh, of course, with the podcast, it it gains attention. And so I guess after one of the episodes that I've released that I regularly release on my profile, you reached out to me and you say, hey, I want to be on the podcast. (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, great. Uh, And and usually, you know, when I when I when somebody comes on, there's usually a topic at hand. But uh, but usually when I do these these interviews, I really want to know who the person is because people ask me, "Well, what's the topic going to be?" I said, "Well, the topic is going to be you." And uh, they, sometimes they don't realize that uh, the format of the podcast is really to just unravel uh, different conversations. But with your background in data science, and I look deeper into radiology technology, and you mentioned oncology, there's there's things that are happening now. Uh, we can definitely spark up a conversation. Uh, that may benefit everybody that is listening to this episode right now. Uh, so let's just get into it. (laughs) Jordan, uh, I know you drove from, uh, North Georgia back to Mississippi. So you're, you're definitely, (laughs) how's the traffic by the way, was the traffic? Okay. Hey, Atlanta's always horrible. So, you know,
1: you make it, you make it through Atlanta, you're good. I mean, you just keep going and then put her on cruise control. So we're good to go.
0: You know, I went to, uh, I went to Atlanta, uh, last year, and uh, I thought Florida drivers were bad. I mean, but the thing, here's the thing. I don't know if you're driven in Florida. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but if you're driven in Florida, it's it's a totally different beast. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, when I went from Florida, Florida's bad. But when I'm driving up to Atlanta, it's not that bad as people seem because uh, the traffic, even though it's traffic, it's moving traffic. And to me compared to Florida I don't know I don't know if anybody's driven to Florida it's it's not as chaotic it's actually a little bit or it's a little bit organized uh, it's a bit crowded but it moves and 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 people who need to go fast they stay on the left people who need to go slow and need to exit they stay on the right but not but not in Florida in Florida you have people who are slow on their left and fast on the right and all over the place and and uh, my drive up to Atlanta, I had I didn't have to hit my horn I didn't you know I didn't have to honk my horn at anybody, but as soon as I drove back to Florida, and I had to drive to the airport because what happened I went to Atlanta I went to went and drove back down to Florida, and I had to jump on a plane to Las Vegas. As soon as I got on the highway I went back home I got back on the highway in Florida I had to honk my horn <laughs> so. So, you know, people say uh, Atlanta uh, traffic is it's not that bad. I think it's just a little bit, you know, overwhelming and, uh, and uh, chaotic, but it is organized. So uh, glad you made the trip back home. Glad you made it uh, safe. Uh, so let's go with the question. Uh, where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today?
1: Long long story. We'll, we'll make it semi-short, but we won't we be here go, all
0: You could go whatever. I have enough time. I my, we reformatted my SD card. I have about seven hours. You, you <laughs> can, can go, go as far. long as you want.
1: <laughs> so originally born and raised uh, in East Texas, Kilgore, Texas, to be exact. So like Northeast Texas. I uh, graduated there from high school, went on to the University of Louisiana, Monroe uh, where I was a pre farm major for pharmacy and figured out I didn't like that um, and got into x-ray uh, radiology. So graduated there in 2007 uh, with a bachelor's degree in radiologic technology um, and then realized I really wanted more. I worked in it for about four months, but I really wanted more of a relationship with the patient. And so that made sense to then do radiation therapy. Um, and then got into radiation therapy school in 2007, also at the University of Texas, MD Anderson in Houston. Uh, graduated from there in 2008 and immediately left and then went to uh, Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. Spent four years at Duke University. Uh, while I was there, I finished my master's degree. Um, and while I was there, I was worked as a, a staff radiation therapist, so treating cancer patients with radiation um, and that includes adult pediatrics and absolutely loved it. And I uh, got my master's in healthcare administration and realized, you know, there are a lot of issues and, and problems from an administrative level um, and went back to East Tennessee or went to East Tennessee from there, uh covenant healthcare. And I was a director of radio or director of the cancer center. Um, and so then I was uh, kind of over, over nursing, over radiation therapy, over medical dosimetry uh, so you start really start putting it all together. So then you you have that clinical expertise, then you have that administrative expertise, and then about in 2015 I got involved in uh, oncology consulting, um, and got involved in oncology consulting, and then from there it's it's been it's been a wild ride uh, since 2015. Um, lots and lots of clients, lots of um, lots of data reviewed, lots of strategy, lots of operational assessments. But honestly, it's built it's no different than I felt like when I was with my patients um, in oncology is it's building the relationships with the clients. and I think that's something that's been missing and something that COVID has really exploited is your value is in the relationship. Um, it's a lot of hard work, it's a lot of sacrifice. I think a lot of people are like, dude, your job is awesome. And I'm thinking, you know literally this stuff on the back wall is pretty much explains it. I'm gonna outwork you. Um, I'm not going to give you excuses um and uh, that's that's how I am I mean I'm pretty much on seven days a week um weekends it's funny I live on a farm here in Mississippi and a lot of my clients talk to me while I'm on the tractor so I have wi-fi (laughs) are you really (laughs) I do wi-fi is in the tractor I've got a screen in there so I'm like still working while I'm mowing the farm so um you know it's in my mind it's kind of whatever it takes but it Mm -hmm. really is um it's about action and I it's about execution and I think that's where it's at and you see the execution up there that's a lot of people can talk it, but can you do it? um and then if you meet a brick wall, you know are you are you are you gonna stop or you do you become complacent or do you um transition around? you know, and that's um, when I left healthcare administration, that's really where I was is I fixed a lot of things that I was hired to do, and I was ready mm-hmm. to do a lot more. They weren't necessarily ready, and so yeah. I knew mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a waiting game for me. It was like, all right, get out and boom, it's all about impact, I think. If you go to my LinkedIn profile, so many people ask me, like, how did you get those credentials? And literally, guys, I just made my, you know, uh, yes, I have a master's degree. Yes, I have two bachelor's degrees. Yes, I have certifications. Uh, But in my mind, that's just title. I mean, when I took over as a director, this first thing I said is take my nameplate down, just put my name on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, too many people hide behind uh, credentials. All credentials show in a degree show is you were able to master something for a point in time and take a test, okay? Yep. And so impact is really where it's at. And behind my name, you'll see the letters I-M-P-A-C-T. It looks like some kind of credential. It's not. It's kind of my philosophy. Oh, uh, okay. Legacy by impact. Living my legacy, I'm going to leave an impact. And that's really what it's about. Um, and you can do that in anything. It doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter your role up or down the chain. And I think that's... Um, that's how I've treated all my clients. So it's been, it's been a fun ride, but yes, you, know, you can do it. A lot of people don't necessarily see the hard work. Um, you know, beginning to end in school was about eight and a half, nine years. Wow. The learning never stops. I mean, of it's course. just a commitment, um, or it's a, or it's an obsession.
0: When you mentioned radiology, uh, <laughs> it brought back to, at least for me, uh, when I first started out in, 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 in radiology, actually, I was, I'm, i was not, uh, registered, um, uh, technician i 'm not a radiology uh uh person but i was uh, one of my well one of my first jobs was in uh nursing was in a nursing home uh, doing the admissions coordinator uh but that, but that didn 't work out and then i moved into uh radiology as a techno- as a as a clerk Back when they had films, I don't know if you worked with the, with the films. I did. I, I
1: actually, I when I was in school, we still hand developed. We had a <laughs> picture and developer in the dark room, and you would dip it, run it, and oh, let him. Jesus, it. I absolutely remember that.
0: Yeah. Oh, so that was gonna. I was gonna ask. Uh, you know, because because um, when I when I got into radiology, filing the films, doing the the roll, you know, that roll thing, file stuff, and and uh, putting all those heavy films into those jackets and putting them away. Uh, they were in the process of um, of converting into PACS, right? Uh, yep. The digitized uh, radiology system, and um, you know for for the for the students that are listening, you know that's one of the systems that you have to understand in your t- in your test is uh, what's a PACS system, uh, what is DICOM. Uh, so when I um, you know as a this was in the in the midst of me getting my bachelor's degree, so uh, in health information management, and and when PAX came along, I was just I, I just finished my my uh, degree, and then um, and then I like when they rolled out the system, I felt like I knew everything in and out about the the PAX system, you know how to uh obtain the the images, how to file the images, how to retrieve the images, how to search for the images. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I'm ready to go. And so there they they were so I got my bachelor's and then they they were rolling out this new uh role, Pax analyst, right? So I'm like, oh this is this sounds good for me. You know, it sounds like within within what I wanna do. Uh I even um There was like, for the healthcare system that I used to work with, it was like, I think like maybe four or five. (laughs) I applied to all of them. I applied (laughs) to all of them. But unfortunately, they wanted somebody who was a a radiology technician in the role. I'm like, darn. (laughs) You know, I'm like, well, uh, I gave it all. You know, I gave it my all. I did the bachelor's. I tried my best, but unfortunately, they didn't didn't take me. But I thought it would have been a a really uh, interesting role to see, you know, in the beginning's uh, the handling of you know to me it's like you know the the uh, what I was doing filing the the films but instead you're handling it on a digitized end and I, and I and I looked at it that way but I think they wanted somebody more in terms of the quality of the image making yeah. sure it's right and <laughs> I had no clue about. Uh, imaging techniques. Even though I hung around with a lot of the radi- radiology, t- t- the radiology technologists, the MRI people, the nuke med, uh, even the um, the interventional radiology crew, I was hanging out with them. But I didn't, you know, they wanted somebody who would understand the techniques, and that was my first, um, I guess, uh, experience. And like, you know, you ha- really, if you want to get into something that it has some form of clinical knowledge or some, some form of skill or technique, you have to have a really good hands-on understanding of, of how to do those things, especially when you're talking about radiology.
1: I think that's what uh, made things so easy for me. and I wouldn't say easy. Um, I, I have a unique rapport with all my clients, especially at the, at the physician level and the administration level. When I go in to see clients, um, because of my clinical background. So as a radiation therapist, as a radiologic technologist, as a previous administrator, I speak their language. I've walked their shoes. I know. Um, and so I think there's a unique level of rapport there. Um, you know, do you have to have that stuff? Absolutely not. I mean, I think there's there's people that are in administration that don't. But I think it, especially with frontline clinical staff, um, uh, you get a lot more buy-in when you've done what they're doing. Um, I think it helps. Right, right. Let's take a moment for a quick break. I
0: listened to a lot of podcasts, and one product that I was curious to try out was Magic Spoon Cereal. Magic Spoon is the high protein, keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, wheat free, naturally flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown ups. Now you're probably thinking that it tastes like cardboard. I did my research on similar cereals and decided to give this brand a try. I subscribed to the variety pack that includes frosted, fruity, blueberry, and chocolate. And really, to my surprise, they really tasted great considering that it was supposed to be a healthy cereal. So far, my favorite is the fruity flavor. They also have nutty and cinnamon flavors too. I've already tried the variety pack for a couple months now and swapped out my subscription to try out their cinnamon flavor. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, 3 grams net carbs, and 11 grams of protein per serving. They have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you are not completely in love with their cereal, they'll give you a full refund. So go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code geek at checkout again go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code geek g-e-e-k at checkout And now back to our show. You mentioned also when uh, from, from when you went to uh, administration. Uh, and then I, what you said kind of really, uh, really resonated with me is that when, you, when you're in the administrative role, you fixed all the problems. <laughs> you fixed all the problems. Uh, and you're ready to take it to the next level. But the institution is not ready to take that next step. So I I, I used to work. um, So after radiology, I actually went into working into HIM. I I went right back down the ladder uh, as an HIM technician. So if radiology file clerk, I thought I can get into PAX. (laughs) But then let me just uh, go into HIM technician. So I went back. I did a parallel move uh, into HIM technician. And then when I got my bachelor's, of course, I got really overzealous. Then when I got my credential, I'm like, well, I'm I'm ready to go. And uh, one of the first, um, I tried to get into an analyst position, AHM analyst position. But of course, you know know how that goes. They want to have experience in that role. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's not going to stop me. So I I actually applied for a director position, (laughs) which is a big mistake. I went to a director position uh, for medical records in a jail system. So I was managing uh, a five-facility jail system in South Florida, Uh, medical records up the yin-yang, 24-hour staff, 40 staff, just the first, that was my first uh, management job. Uh, So within the year, uh, again, going back to the technology aspect, they only had paper. They only had paper. They had nothing digitized. They weren't even looking into digitized. And uh, when you look at their archives, uh, going back, so I start. Well, what year was that? I think like 2004 I believe when I was there and their records back to 1996 there was no inventory <laughs> it was just stored somewhere <laughs> off site and, and everybody tried to, to do it and I'm like you know what, I, I got the I have an understanding of file, you know, mechanisms. I had my background in radiology. I got my bachelor's degree. Let's kind of work this out. And uh, I was able to, from 1996 up until 2005, inventory, you know, all the medical records. Okay, fine. We got it all set. We know where they are. We know how to retrieve them. But now let's go ahead and, and get, rid, let's get rid of all of this stuff. Or let's go ahead and think about, you know, the same way as radiology went into PACS. Let's get it digitized. <laughs> you know, let's let's invest in the, in the technology and uh, do somewhat of a hybrid system where you write out the records, you scan the records, you store them. They weren't ready for it. And I'm like, you know, we don't have the budget for it. Now you got to keep on dealing with this system that you just fixed. I'm like, I don't want to, that's not the point. Yeah. You know, I don't want to deal with this anymore. That's why I fixed it within the year, you know, that I was a director. and And after that, I'm like, you know what, that's, that's not what I want. I don't want to deal with this. I fixed it to the point that we could move forward. The institution was not ready. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Then I can't deal with this anymore.
1: And I think those those are personal choices that really have to be made. And as I coach people and I've had employees and that's what I tell people, expect some level of bureaucracy. What you have to do is be comfortable with yourself and define your own personal boundaries Mm -hmm. within which you want to work in and what you're going to tolerate, Mm -hmm. what you're going to hold accountable what you're going to, what I don't like is, you know, we call it, um, you know, we, we have a club when we do our podcast, and we tell it people, don't be a member of the bitch piss and moan club. Okay. <laughs> um, give you an honorary t-shirt, but at some point you need to change your, your environment. If you can't change the circumstances that you're in, uh, don't just complain, but too many people get caught up in that. And I understand you need a salary. You got a family, you need insurance. Um, but at some point is, is it worth being miserable? Mm-hmm. Um, And the answer is you just got to take a chance. You know, there are times that I was unsure, Um, but deep down, I I think people that have worked with me and know me over time is my character and integrity have stayed consistent. Mm -hmm. That's something that's non-negotiable. You can't measure it on a a CV or a resume, but that's important. And I've walked away from, you know, good jobs. I've walked away from bad jobs just to keep and, and be consistent over time because, that to me is more important. Um, too many people now, and you know this, I think look good on paper. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a pretty big surge. Uh, this is where HR has to catch up. but looking at emotional intelligence, I, I, yeah. you know, when I, I really don't care about it. If you know the basics, that's awesome, but I just need to get the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for is the intangibles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the loyalty, the drive, the initiative. Um, that's the stuff that I'm looking for. I I don't think it's probably healthy for anybody to push like I push. It's probably not. um, (laughs) But I do, I I think if you like what you're doing, it becomes, if you're going to be great at it, see, that's me. I'm going to be great and the best at whatever I'm doing. And I don't have a pride issue where I don't think something that is is owed to me. So if it's digging ditches, I'm going to dig the best ditch. If it's flipping hamburgers, I'm going to flip the best hamburgers. And that's just the way mm-hmm. um, I've always been. And I think um, a lot of people, it's, some of it's a cultural thing. There's an entitlement thing. And they think that that degree is the end-all, be-all. They get that degree and then yeah. everything Come to them, and quite frankly, the degree is just a start. Yep, Um, I agree. Possibly a foot in the door. Yeah,
0: I agree. I I mentor a lot of uh, you know graduates out of the at least for the health information management degrees, and also you know of course with my group uh, medical coding geeks, there are a lot of uh, people who who graduate with their coding credential, you know, and they obtain their credentials, and the first question that they ask is, okay, how can I get a job? I said, well, well, uh, welcome to everybody else who asked that question because everybody else is going to ask that same question. And uh, going back to your, you mentioned before about, you know, people joining you and this, this goes, remind, this reminds me about uh, a previous guest, Bertram Lansico. And I asked the question, like, you know, you know, you could have the, the, the education you could have the the paper the credentials and you could interview great, uh, but the the defining the the defining uh, moment or the defining factor that leads you to that hire is can you fit in the culture of the group of the team, uh, and or you know what's going to make you benefit to when you're joining that team or can there's there a cohesiveness? uh, when you join that team or that person or that partner, that'd
1: be great. You have to be comfortable with that. That's yourself. You have to be comfortable with that. Like I know, you know, the traditional, why I call it the white shirt and crimson tie, the C-suite of a hospital, white shirt, crimson tie. I don't always fit in that mold. I can do that job. No doubt about it with hospital administration, but I know, um, that I don't necessarily fit in. I, I get results. I add value that's proven. Um, but you have to know exactly what you said. how do you fit? I know that I'm not every I'm not I'm not for everybody. and once you know that and you're okay with that, it's awesome. It makes everything a lot easier um, because you don't become a chameleon. I don't interact differently with different people. What you see is what you get and um, it's that way with everybody and I think that's the way you have to be. But too many people are exactly what you said. you know, how do I get a job? I have all this degree? And it becomes a behavior thing where they're looking at how, how do I change my behaviors to fit in? And that'll never work over time. It may work short term, but if you have to change tremendously like yourself to fit in, uh, it just, it's going to be short lived. I was going to say that what you said
0: sounded like uh, and going back to I don't know if you ever watched the last dance on Netflix, <laughs> the what you'd said uh you know what you get what you see is what you get it kind of sounds like Dennis Rodman <laughs> what you see is what you get uh right. you know if if you don't like what you see you know but if if it does the job it does the job you know that's what Dennis Rodman was all about even though he had this uh you know crazy lifestyle behind him he did the job he did the job on defense Bill Jackson was like you know what uh even though you don't really necessarily fit the culture of the bulls, but <laughs> you get the job done. We'll make it our culture, you know, they'll, they'll adapt, you know, and that's what led to, uh, to all of those championships.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what we're seeing post COVID-19 and in COVID-19 in hospital administration right now. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what we're seeing and people don't want to hear it, but there were too many people that mastered how to look the part. But mm-hmm. now that COVID's exploited, yes. uh, mm-hmm. true competency and really adding value, a lot of people are falling way short of that because mm-hmm. now that uh, all the all the fluff around them has been stripped away, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are getting exposed. Like I said, it's it's a lot more than just looking the part, and I think that's good. Is you know, don't live to look the part. I mean, know your stuff and and be comfortable with yourself first.
0: In regards to data, you know the, you know I usually attend. When I used to be a CDI, uh, I attended all of those meetings, or even when I was in a, you know in in, in, in school. Uh, you watch or you attend all of those quality meetings where they have to report, you know everything's one hundred percent, everything's one hundred percent. And uh, you know, whenever I see something that's one hundred percent, I'm like, you sure weren't you one hundred percent last week? you know weren't you weren't you one hundred percent last quarter? Uh, not everything seems you know, you know there's some you know the same way when you talk about the data in covid, uh, it, it revealed a lot. And when I see perfect data, uh, that to me kind of raises my flag. I'm like, you sure you, you, are you troubleshooting your, your 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 process here? Why is that that's my question then. Well why is everything 100%? Is it foolproof, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think healthcare is going through a huge struggle right now. From a vendor perspective, there's a lot of vendors that are coming out and basically saying, all right, we got this software, And Mm. by the way, I can't stand the terms like AI and machine learning. Listen, we can't get the basics of Microsoft Excel down. (laughs) So a lot of people, they're not ready for that. It sounds good. Those are pretty fucking smokescreen words. There is no one size fits all AI software that's going to fit and fix all these processes for a hospital because no two hospitals are the same. Mm, No mm. two processes are the same. No two service lines are the same. Right. The only way data, and that's and the data exposes that, because yeah. that's what I tell people. There's all kinds of data. The problem is, is a lot of people are selling you a pretty graph, and we can make <laughs> pretty graphs. Yeah. It's, is the graph actionable? Is yeah. it pertinent? Is it important? Um, and does it add value? And uh, quite frankly, a lot of people don't even know the questions to ask to isolate the important yeah, data. Yeah, there
0: you that's go. That's what people
1: like myself, we mm-hmm. step in and say, all right, oncology is my gig. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'm not probably going to fix your GI. I'm not going to fix pulmonology in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I can relate to some of that. And maybe some of the platform and the strategies work for that, but I'm oncology centric. I'm oncology focused. That's what I'm looking at. Um, And then you can, you can help them isolate which data is important. And then you can run tests, you can manipulate it. You can relate it and help them build strategy. Because if you just dump software or, um, a process in their lap. They're not going to, they're not going to do anything with it. They want somebody uh, to help them. And for all, for far too often, vendors have just been sell and leave, sell and leave. Um, but honestly, the magic, the magic formula is, is having a clinical partner that understands what they do, how to relate it, how to strategize it, and then backfeed that to like the C-suite, the CFO, the CEO, and those guys. And when you can do that, um, that's the value of data. And I think too many people are looking for this magic pill. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, there's a weightlifter. If anybody follows him, he is not politically correct. So if you got kids, don't go listen to him. But C.T. Fletcher and C.T. Fletcher will tell you that, listen, there is no magic pill. If anybody tells you that they got 20-minute abs, 10-minute abs, 10-minute buns, it didn't happen. You worked your ass off and you got out there and you put in the work and you got the results. Um, no different in data you got to get in there, get in the weeds, get the data, show what's important, um, and there's going to be a lot of failures along the way. Yeah. But there is no magic one size fits all solution. Mm-hmm. So many people are selling that, and and they get bought into it. They're like, oh, this does 100% exactly what you said. It's 100% guarantee, 100%. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it, it doesn't even work that way. It's it, it, it's impossible.
0: So, there you have it. That is part one of my interview with Jordan Johnson. To learn more about Jordan, just go to LinkedIn, or you could check him out working as the Director of Data Science for Legion Healthcare Partners. MedicalCodingGeek.com